And that's really where the origin of the North Star is, is really making sure that across these elements, you see the sense of purpose, you see the understanding of the importance of creating a better world, of creating value for society, which generally means also create value for customers, which is ultimately also good for business. That is Paolo Ferrari, president and CEO of Bridgestone Americas. Paolo has had a very unusual and very eventful first year on the job that has stretched him in new ways while reinforcing his core values. Hi, my name is Keith Cauley. I work on the corporate communications team at Bridgestone Americas, and this is Thrive, a Bridgestone podcast that will explore our company's journey through compelling conversations with teammates all across our organization. You may have heard, but the world is changing. And while Bridgestone is evolving to meet new demands in technology and consumer behavior, sustainability, and more, we're also trying to build a culture where everyone can thrive together. We hope the unique perspectives and experiences that are shared here on our podcast will help you learn a little more about Bridgestone, learn a little more about your colleagues, and ultimately help bring our North Star vision to life. And so our journey begins. We start with a conversation with Paolo, whose life experiences from growing up in Italy, living and working in places like New York and Brazil, and now leading Bridgestone Americas through a pandemic have all shaped his view of the world and his vision for our company. We hope you enjoy our chat with Bridgestone president and CEO, Paolo Ferrari. Well, Paolo, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate the chance to to talk to you for a few minutes and get to learn a little bit more about you, about your vision, and hopefully about where Bridgestone's going in the future. Well, thank you, Keith. It's great to join you in this new um, activity, Thrive. Love the name and uh, really, really excited. Thank you. Yeah. Today, tomorrow, together, right? We are we're thriving right. forward. And we figured what better place to start than at the top, right? Let's hear the vision. Let's get the perspective from the, the man who is right now leading us step by step into the days ahead. I, I think as we get started, though, the North Star vision it was based on foundations. It was based on reflecting in kind of the history and who Bridgestone has become. And so in that vein, I think it's hard not to start with at least a brief step back to the past of maybe the recent, you know, last 12 to 15 months, because you came in in January of 2020, That's new right. CEO for, for BSAM. Obviously, you've been with Bridgestone before, but now, you know, new region put in charge and then two months into being a new leader for this region, uh, the, the global pandemic really hits in the United States. So I'm sure you come in with a vision, you come in with all of this energy, and then all of a sudden some insurmountable seemingly challenge at the time just kind of completely rocks the boat in, in an unpredictable way. So so my question to you to start is kind of from a personal or and or professional perspective, how difficult was it or how did your approach to leading BSAM change because of what you had to face just two months into your journey? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And uh, it's funny because you just made me remember that uh, I started in, in, in January 15th. I went back to Europe for literally a day and a half, I think on January 21st, just to barely make it back. And then everything started to unfold in a way that we had not predicted. So very hectic uh, couple of weeks at the time. Yeah, you're right. It's about you know the, the professional experience and the personal experience, even though the two of them are very much intertwined. But 
starting from the professional one. I joined BSUM. I was already part of the group. Um, I had been the chair of BSUM for a couple of years, uh, so I knew a lot about BSUM, but still uh, with a lot to learn more. But because of the situation, I did have already in mind certain priorities, which I think the team may remember I shared. You know, it was about tire technology and the mix. It was about the solutions business. It was about uh, you know, approaching our cost structure and then also working on the portfolio. I shared those right from the start, but then again, as you said, a couple of weeks, bang, the pandemic hit. Now, I have to say that I was um, in a way privileged in the way I saw the pandemic coming, because as you know, Keith, I'm originally from the north of Italy. I still have family and friends around Milan and Turin, and uh, those were the hotspots of Europe uh, in the very beginning, uh, right after China. So I, I understood the suffering and how serious the pandemic was. I lived in New York 10 years, uh, actually in a town near New Rochelle, which was the first hotspot there. So. I saw this coming maybe a little earlier, or maybe I felt it coming in a way, because I, when you're close to people that experience it, of course, it's, it's closer to you as well, emotionally, not necessarily uh, physically. So um, clearly the priority changed. We needed to put together quickly a team that was agile and flexible and started working on certain priorities where, of course, safety was and still is a priority. And then, of course, making sure that our business was financially strong to allow us to go through the pandemic and uh, manage our operations accordingly, but also continuing to work for the future. Because as much as the pandemic, by the way, is still with us, as you well know, we're like almost talking like it were over, but um, it's still with us. And uh, through the pandemic, we needed to continue to think about the fact that at one point it would have been over. Yeah. And therefore, continue to see it in our on our future. So it was really really a balancing act: um, safety first, financial strength, but continue to work for our future. Yeah, and I, I know when we had kind of talked before, you'd mentioned this idea around. Uh, it, it really wasn't, in a sense, difficult to lead, right? Because you have to make decisions based on the scenario that you're in. And so certainly the circumstances were difficult, but, you know, leading is basically making decisions based on the situation that you're in. Can you reflect a little bit on that? Because I think it's such a unique point of view to say, yeah, nobody's ever really led through stuff like this before, but, you know, the decisions are in front of you and you have to act, right? Yeah, and I, I I know it sounds uh, maybe sometimes a bit cynic, but I think I think leaders uh, have the the duty to really try to be as, of course, as objective as rational as possible, and to manage the best they can within any context, any context. And and our performance is really always an absolute performance, but also very much a relative performance, relative to the market, relative to competition, and also relative to the context. And in this case, the context was a pandemic. That's why for me, clearly it was different. I'm not saying that it wasn't different, but it was important to focus exactly on the priorities that were suddenly different versus the priorities that you would have in a boomy market, right? So I think that was a good um, mindset that I personally had, that my team had. But then I have to say, Keith, that um, I could have had the perfect mindset. I could have the priorities straight. But I also want to share that what the team has done, the broader BSM team, was just absolutely, truly, truly amazing. The agility and flexibility that they've shown the resilience, 
how quickly we were able to shut down operations and ramping them back up as soon as demand came back up, how quickly the BSRO team uh, were able to manage the business in a different way, how quickly our team is accepted to work from home. It was honestly incredible. It was incredible. I can never thank them enough. But again, we're only as leaders, we're only as good as our teams are. And in this case, our team was fantastic. Yeah. Do you think, I, I mean, you're a guy now who is was CEO in uh, EMEA. You've had these larger executive leadership roles in other companies as well. The pandemic hitting with you leading BSAM at this stage in your life, do you feel like if you had been in this position maybe 10 or 15 years ago, a little bit younger, a little bit less experienced, would you have been able to approach it with maybe a similarly level head in that in that leadership decision-making? Uh, yeah, that's a very <laughs> difficult uh, question. I would say, I remember about 10 years ago, uh, in my previous position, also as CEO, I felt very mature. <laughs> I felt that I was in my sweet spot. And then I can say today I'm a lot more mature, and I'm sure I'm going to say the same thing in 10 years. So I think every every year counts, every five, 10 years count in terms of experience. Um, also, I was lucky to... I have been able to work in, in, in Europe, in various countries in Europe, you know, of course, in Italy, uh, in the UK, in Belgium, uh, worked in, in Brazil, in Latin America, uh, and of course, uh, extensively in the US. So I guess being exposed to all these different cultures, different situations, different socioeconomic systems helped me, really helped me to, to, to manage a pandemic which hit the whole world, but still in different ways, the different parts of the world. So. No, I don't think I would have done or as well 10 years ago, probably. Maybe I would have done better 10 years from now. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I, I've come to the acceptance in myself that I will never be mature. So uh, we'll right. live forever imperfect as an immature person striving immature for maturity. Every, every <laughs> month. Every month is a learning experience. And certainly, this last 12 months were count more than 12 months, for sure, no in doubt. terms of experience for all of us. No doubt. Well, in the midst of all this, you know, you're then trying to lay out your vision, right? The thing that you had come in and you, you shared in January, as you said, you had your priorities and your goals that has since taken more firm shape in, in the narrative as the North Star that we're communicating out. But you had to try to get this rolling in the midst of balancing the pandemic and the markets and, and everything that was going on, politics in the United States. Um, so you've got this whole struggle for share of mind, right, in your, in your employee base and in the company. How did you go about about trying to time out and roll out Northstar, and why was it so important for you to continue to do that against the scenarios that you were presented? Yeah. First of all, um, I think it's interesting that the, the four priorities that I, that I set forth um, before the pandemic, in, in, again, in mid-January, which were about the mix, tire technology, the solutions, the cost base, and the portfolio, Eventually, they just stayed through the year, I would say, because our team is not very well how we're doing in developing our mix. What are we doing in terms of the expansion of the solutions business? Of course, COVID accelerated our focus on costs. Those priorities were true before the pandemic. Clearly, the pandemic made us focus on different things, as I said before. But then through the year, our team still focused on these four priorities, which are important. So I think that's a, that's a good sign in terms of consistency, resilience, even within the pandemic. 
Mm-hmm. Then something else happened, which for the first time, certainly for as long as I've been here, but also in a long time, we have a fantastically globally aligned strategy. So in January, Ishibashi-san was appointed uh, as global CEO. And I worked extensively with him on the new vision, on the new strategy. And, and the fact that it was globally aligned made it even easier in a way for us to just package it even better for BSAM and begin to deploy it. With in mind the fact that the pandemic needed to be managed and is still managed, but we're here to stay for the next several decades and several hundreds of years. So we needed a new one. And some of the assumptions that we had even pre-pandemic in terms of the evolution of the world, the evolution of socioeconomic system, the evolution of technology and businesses are still here. And if anything, they accelerated with the pandemic. So it was absolutely necessary for us to roll it out, to do it gradually because Again, there was a lot of messages this year, Keith, right, between the pandemic and the safety and some of the short-term priorities. So as you said, the share of mind was not, was not an easy one. But I think, again, the team wants more, the way they reacted, the way they also contributed by giving us feedback to the North Star. And again, we're gradually rolling it out and the feedback that we're getting is quite positive. But it was needed, it is needed. And again, we're still in the phase in which we're still managing the crisis, but we're accelerating with our new vision and strategy. Yeah. And so we've seen it take shape in the four pillars, as you said. You've got our foundations, vision, uh, our business, and then uh, our team and our our way to work. And we'll dive into a little bit on each of those in a minute. But I I wanted to start with, uh, obviously, this is a personal leadership vision aligned, as you said, with the global vision of Ishibashi-san and Bridgestone as a company. So as you helped put the specific maybe language or just kind of the the narrative to each of the buckets for North Star uh, in the conversations to bring it to life, I would have to assume it comes from a very personal place. This is your personal leadership vision for our region. So can can you share a little bit, tell me where does the North Star vision originate for you as your leadership vision. Yeah. So again, you bring me back to January again, where not only we shared about the business priorities, we also shared uh, a little bit, you know, my, my personality and how I, I, I see life, how it's also the new generations see life, which is slightly different. I have four children myself, wonderful. They teach me something new every day. And I shared at the time that I, I do believe in a sense of purpose. I believe that we have to come to work uh, for something that needs to be a little bit idealistic as well. And I think my experience in life, again, living in Italy in, in, in good and bad times, living in Brazil, seeing some of the contradictions of that wonderful country, and then the last 12 months, just seeing what happened in the world, uh, I think brings that sense of purpose even higher. And as you heard me say many times, corporations, they do need to take a much stronger lead into shaping new societies, new socioeconomic systems. And that's really where the origin of the North Star is, is really making sure that across these elements, you see the sense of purpose, you see the understanding of the importance of creating a better world, of creating value for society, which generally means also create value for customers, which is ultimately also good for business. So it's, it is a bit of a personal story because of what I've seen around the world in the last, I would say at this point, 40 years, 35 years. 
and what we've seen through the pandemic. And it's really coming all together in these four elements we, of course, we can talk more about, but that have in common the fact that it is about creating a better world. It is about creating value for society, for people in general, yes, for customers and for business. Yeah, per- personally, for me, uh, you know, I, I work in corporate communications. My background has been in storytelling kind of jobs and roles. And the, the story of Bridgestone, the company itself, you know, you talk about that first pillar in the North Star being foundations. And just like you said, you've got this, this personal affinity for doing the right thing is also the right thing for for business, right? And it seems like the original founder of Bridgestone, you know, Ishibashi-san, you know, this is what Bridgestone, a principle the company was founded upon. And so I've just really taken to, you know, myself, the North Star and how the narrative is so well laid out that it is authentic. The company was created in a mindset of doing the right thing for the world and that it would eventually be the right thing for business in how it plays out. Uh, So that's the first pillar, right, of the North Star is that foundations from Japan. And can you walk us through, I guess, from your point of view, those first two pillars because of that connectivity, right? You've got a reflection of the past in the foundations and then a look at the future, which is our vision. And where does all of that marry and connect from your from your point of view? So, uh, first of all, uh, the power of our foundation, which is our, our Bridgestone essence, is tremendous. And it's been there for a while. And already at the time when it was created, it was about um, our mission, right? Which is serving society with superior quality. And I always say that it says, it talks about serving society, period. It doesn't talk about through tires or through our product. So, it's a very higher calling. Also, part of our essence is about teamwork. I mean, look at the teamwork that we have shown in the last 12 months. Without that teamwork, we would not be where we are in terms of managing the pandemic and managing our business. It's about integrity. So always, always do the right thing, even if sometimes it seems like not good for business, it's actually going to be eventually good for business. So that foundation is very strong. Creative pioneering. And again, it doesn't talk about creative pioneering specifically in our business. It's just a broader sense that to always, always challenge ourselves to create more, to innovate. So it's very powerful. In this case, we didn't create a new for our North Star. It was already there. We just wanted to give more emphasis. And that's where really we look at a higher calling in terms of creating better social economic systems applied to our industry. Going back to your question about a sense of purpose, if I look at the world today, it's very easy to get discouraged, right? Because you see the social inequality, you see the tremendous impact on our, on our environment of climate change, you see an extremely inefficient use of resources across the board, major waste. And it's disappointing. But at the same time, if you look at it from the opportunity of the way people are changing their behaviors, the way that technology is allowing us to do things in a different way, the way that also partially regulation also are pushing in that, in that direction, well, then you understand what a fantastic opportunity we have to reverse those negative trends and actually turn them into really, truly fantastic opportunities for society and for business. And we've seen this happening in major industry like industry. You mentioned, I mentioned this several times. You've seen this in media, and it's happening in mobility as well, Keith, where we have clearly major inefficiencies and waste, which we need to address. We have, of course, massive traffic pre-pandemic in our cities with all the issues that this creates. And we believe that with our products and our solutions, we can actually improve 
mobility significantly, make it a lot more sustainable. And sustainability in its broader sense, which is, of course, the emissions, but it's also safety. It's also efficiency. It's also economics, eventually. So that's really everything coming together, our essence, our new vision, the idealism of changing, improving society through also technology, through new business models. And if we do this, we serve our customers better and our business will continue to improve. Yeah. And it, it kind of takes us through each of those pillars then, right? You got the, the foundation is the who we are. There's the, the vision, which is what we want to do. And then you've got the business and the our way to work, our team side, that is the how we're going to do it, right? Is that accurate in terms of how you flow through it as well? Absolutely. To the extent that what we love about the North Star is that it's very, it's, it's fully comprehensive of everything that we need. Because the foundation you mentioned, the vision we described is very ambitious and very inspirational. But then we have a business to manage, right? So that's when our business comes into place. Very simple. A, B, C. Produce and sell tires. Of course, technology tires, mix, scale and develop, uh, develop and scale tire-centric solutions. All of our technology around tires, all of the uh, uh, subscriptions-based models that we're deploying also in BSRO, and generally the world of mobility solutions platform there we're developing. So suddenly our vision becomes real, becomes pragmatic into everything that we do today and next week in three, four, six months and in one of two years as we go from A to B to C. So very, very comprehensive and very pragmatic. And of course, our team, and nothing would happen without our team, without a culture that needs to continue to be uh, enhancing around diversity, equity, inclusion, around agility, around ownership. And, uh, and again, it brings it home because the vision and the business would not be there without our team. Yeah. And I think that's a, it kind of is a teaser right there for what we're going to be laying out over the next several weeks with this podcast, right? Is we're going to try to dive into each of these different areas. This almost is our foundational podcast, if you will, starting with you in this overarching conversation, but we're going to have some conversations in the ABC model specific to the A and the core tire with, with Ricardo. And we're going to talk to Brian Goldstein about the mobility solutions journey, uh, and then talk to Jason Fisher about our team and our way to work. So uh, I, I hope that this is great for our listeners as a setup and they'll follow us kind of on this journey as we go forward because it is going to be a journey, right? As you said, this is our third foundation. This isn't something where you put a flag in the ground and then a year and a half, two years later, you're like, well, maybe we, we want to change this a little bit. I mean, this is a foundational shift for the company. It right? is It is a journey which started in a way that none of us would have predicted <laughs> because you started in January. <laughs> but, um, but I'm I'm excited that my teammates will also, again, contribute to this, this podcast series because I think it's important to dive into each of these elements and also have our teammates dive into because then they go into really, really good details from a business need details, from a technology details and all that. So I'm looking forward to those and I, and I hope our teammates do as well. But when it comes to me and this foundational podcast in a way, I want to reflect on the fact that, you know, we didn't want the pandemic, but we had it. I think... As a team, we managed and we're still managing extremely well because we're putting safety first, but we're also taking care of our business. We're managing an essential business. All of us, we have many frontline workers ourselves that are doing the job really well every day. And I think the pandemic made us understand how ready we are for change, how ready we were for change, and maybe we didn't even know it, how agile and flexible we can be 
how pragmatic we can be to carry the business forward. I want us to keep this spirit as we go into 2021 and 2022 and post-pandemic, because it's going to be useful regardless of the situation. And we're laying on top of it a new vision, a new exciting business strategy in a world, Keith, that is dramatically changing. It was already dramatically changing. Now with the pandemic, it will have changed even more. And I do believe for the better. I do believe for the better because the pandemic was a wake-up call for everyone to leverage on each other. The fact that we're all in this together, there are no free rides. The fact that technology is allowing us to do wonderful things. And the fact that everybody's a little bit more conscious about what's going on around us and overall society. And this is why our vision is spot on. It is about creating value for society and for customers as a sustainable solutions company. So I'm very much looking forward to our journey. Absolutely. A great way to, to close our, our first conversation on the, the Thrive podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking to you uh, again as we move forward through this podcast journey. And, and I know you've been out front and center trying to be visible, helping communicate uh, a lot of different points of views on the entire kind of journey through the pandemic and beyond uh, to teammates. So uh, we appreciate your willingness to come on and, and share with us, Paolo. And we look forward to talking with you again uh, moving My forward. My pleasure, Keith. And thank you so much. Well, hopefully this dialogue helped you see Bridgestone and our North Star a little bit more through Paolo's eyes. There is certainly a lot more where that came from, and we're going to definitely dive into it as we move ahead. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Uh, we hope you'll share this podcast with your fellow teammates and help us spread the word. And we'd love to hear your feedback and ideas as we plan future episodes. We're looking to hear great stories, meet more of our great people, and really just explore the different areas of our business. So you can help us out if you have a comment or an idea or a question. You can email us at thrivepodcast at bfusa.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Keith Colley. I hope you keep on keeping on. And remember that at Bridgestone, today, tomorrow, together, we thrive. Be good, everybody. Mm-hmm.